Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Rodcast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Rod, and today we are talking about, well, really, it's part two of our question around kids and how we can build a church where our kids grow up loving God. And today we're specifically talking about how we can include kids uh, and youth in all aspects of church life. So, Pastor Rod, a uh, question for you. Um, how, how, has, how has this value shaped how we build the church and different ministries and aspects of church life? Yeah, um, I got saved at 19 in a church full of young people and young families, and there was a lot of kids. It was 1979 in Sydney, and there wasn't that many churches that had so many young people. And as a new believer, I just, I was, I, I was amazed. I thought, this is, this is life. This is, this is what I want as a single person. I, I, marriage is good, and families are good, and kids are good. And I just think right from the beginning, I thought, that's what churches do. That they 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 have all that. They have <laughs> a great kids church and great kids leaders, and I just thought that, and I still do to this day. And obviously, we had our own kids when we got Viv and I got married. We had two kids, and uh, they've grown up. And so, when we came to Japan, they were only nine and four years old, and we had to start right from the very beginning. We talked about this last week. If you want to hear that story, but I guess I just guess that that's what I thought church life was all about it was about generations and um, there was older people as well but it was a very integrated church um, where there was probably more younger people than older people that I got saved into and it was just so attractive and every week we saw families coming and giving their lives to Jesus we saw, we always heard about kids giving their lives to Jesus and their hearts were so open uh, young people coming in and uh, you know school high school kids getting saved and we, we, this is just what we saw, and I, I realized that probably more people getting saved were young. And I think that's been proven all around the world statistics is that the younger, most people get saved as kids or teenagers. Um, the majority, the vast majority get saved as kids or teenagers. So there's just something there about um, having kids hear the gospel, be involved in church, that will open their hearts to uh, to hear the gospel. And, of course, if they've got great Christian family, great Christian parents that can model basic values, um, their hearts are going to be open too. So I saw that. I experienced it. I want it for my own life, and I would love it for every church if we could build in youth and kids and youth into the local church. So how how has it shaped the Sunday service, the church service? Um, again, kids and, and, and teens are, are different, but um, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's got to be enjoyable. Um, I, I know some people will say, well, isn't it supposed to be spiritual? And I'd say, well, yeah, but spiritual is wrapped in our physical bodies that, that need um, input. And I think that church must be warm and fun and musical and fun again and uh, for kids and uh, creative and uh, fun. If my second word, every second word is going to be fun. There's got to be factors that kids want to come to church, and you've got to build it in. We've got to build it in. Teens are going to be a little bit more. Um, they're going to go through phases. We could talk about that later. Mm. And I think probably even now with the, what they're calling Gen Gen Z, and then what comes after that, and probably generations that we don't even understand yet. Um, but there are generations, 
coming through and, and even subsets of generations and, you know, Gen Z part A or part B or, you know, you were, you were born in those years now. This, it's become quite complex. But I think that as, as people become teens, um, very definitely there needs to be some program to in, involve them, to, to uh, involve them in, in volunteering and growing and worship and, and learning and contributing, serving. Um, as they grow into their teenage years, um, I think it's really important. In fact, I heard a story. I'm just going to di- divert here. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I heard a story of a famous uh, preacher in South America. I've heard his name for for a long time, and uh, he's an older man now. And um, his kids were away from God, um, and they went to a new church that was really, really pumping, really going well. But that new church had the grow course serving application for dream team that's our terminology for you know you, you, you basics and then you're serving and those two kids said oh no we, we don't serve um and the pastor was really smart and he got with them alone and he said why don't you try it why don't you try serving and they said oh well you know our father is such and such and whatever they said, why don't you, she said to the girl, what, 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 what do you like? And anyway, it was coffee and tea. He said, well, next Sunday, would you just come once and serve on the, the coffee team? And all right. And to him, whatever it was. And um, that they came and they served and they gave their lives back to the Lord. And they, they discovered serving was so powerful. And I think that that story, although those kids might have been early 20s, um, is probably true of teenagers mm-hmm. that, we can't think, oh, they're just teenagers and they don't want to serve. I think that's a huge mistake. Even kids, uh, a lot of kids want to serve for little kids or for mm-hmm. for something. They want to please the teacher. Can I do something? And so I think a lot of, I know we're diver- diverting straight into this area, but I think this is, if, if we can see to them, that you, you are the church of today is where I'm getting to. If mm-hmm. I can summarize all that, is to say to young people, kids, well, kids probably won't understand that, but uh, as they grow up, you are the church of today and there's opportunities for you to grow and learn and, and contribute your great skills. I go to a lot of churches where the people around the sound desk and around the screens, which is like working computers, are teenagers. And I think it's really valuable. Um, a lot of others are in the music team or singers and Others are helping with kids' church as an assistant. And I just, I do see this. I see in great churches opportunities for serving. Um, and then behind the scenes, the social media now and um, going videoing stuff and camera work and uh, script writing and, you, you know, what what is their world and help us. Um, and they get it. They're yeah. good with that stuff. Right. <laughs> You've got some winners there, Rich. Hey, you've seen them grow up and, and, mm-hmm. the, and the spark happened with serving. Do you want to? I don't know if you want to mention the yeah. names, but just give example. Well, I, I think I was going to say, as well as serving, the other the other part of it is lead is leading. Mm. Uh, and we, I remember one of our guy, young guys, Nathan. Um, I mean, just great young guy, and we we didn't have a lighting team at the time, so we we put him on the iPad. He's controlling the lights, and we're like, "You're the leader." <laughs> like, no, he didn't really know what that that meant. And it took a while to kind of grow into that and like learning how to build a team. But 
you know, to a 14 year old, I'm thinking, man, I would have loved to do that when I was 14, like controlling the whole atmosphere of the service. Like if I stuff up, like everyone's going to know. And like, there's a, yeah. there's a genuine responsibility here. And the people that I look up to are, are putting their faith in me that I'm going to do a good job. Like there's belief in me. Um, and then I can also be creative with it. Uh, yeah, just seeing him flourish. And, and it's interesting, like right now, we've got another guy who's 14 years old mm-hmm. and uh, controlling the lights at, at yeah. church. Now, obviously, it can't be chaos. You can't have like mm. it ruining the church service. But um, yeah, it's just amazing to see to see that young people, when you believe in them, mm. uh, they rise to that. Yeah. And And especially if it's related to production, I've just found that, production is just such a attractive um pull we, we've even have been having non-christians uh young people students coming and helping us film and record yeah uh every week and yeah. they've given their lives to jesus just recently yeah, yeah. as a pure outreach hey come mm. we'll teach you how to how to film and edit and uh, just by proximity of being around us and how fun that is, they're opening up to God. And uh, yeah, you can just see that ser- through serving, through doing something, through learning something, it's very, very valuable. I love it. I love it. And as I was, as I sort of introed this, you know, saying to them, "You're not the you're not the church of the future. You're the the church of the present." Yeah, and, get, and getting that into their brains that you're part of this and you're a contributor. Yeah, that's really exciting to see. I'm sure those those young people you're talking about just grew in all areas, not not just in their mm-hmm. skills on Sunday. They just yeah. grew as as believers and uh, mm-hmm. socially. I think it's really well. They're around our of... best people, so right. yeah. Th- there's there's that r- kind of that mm. godliness is rubbing off on them. Sure. So we don't we don't have to like aggressively push the gospel mm-hmm. down their throats that it's yeah. just we're a fun group yeah and they can see that there's something good there yeah and so that's uh, great yeah, it's pretty I organic it. yeah and you know when we came to japan um, our boys were nine and four as i was talking last week about kids church for them but as they grew obviously they were part of kids church for other uh, for other kids too um that was so excited when the my two boys, the, the next boy came and they just like, like coasted him and we do this and we do that. And, and they grew through that. And then, the, you know, there's five kids and six kids and um, giving, giving people that, that, that place to grow. Uh, Say so the, the church is, is, is your church. It's your church now. Now, of course, they're not going to lead at that age, but um, just, just that whole concept. Yeah. And then when Monty was um, about 12, I think, um, he uh there was no other kids his age um hitting his teenage years and uh but he he really he found a guitar and uh well he didn't we gave we gave him a guitar <laughs> and um he was good and then he, he got under what well, we call him Dunchan, our, our, our amazing music leader uh pastor here in tokyo um and he got under Dan's uh, mentorship and he learned and grew and became a great guitarist. And now Monty's a songwriter and he writes songs on his guitar. And, um, but he was 12 and it was out of the need. But 
there was no other kids his age, but he was friends with the kids who were 16 and 18 and they were fun and that was his peer group. That's all we could do. Um, but but he, he grew in the music team. Richie became a, a drummer when he was eight um, and he grew into a, a very accomplished drummer. Richie could be a professional drummer if he wanted to be today. He could read read any, any music, do it, but he learned that at church. And so, um, you know, my kids were around music a lot. You know, some people say, you know, do, are all pastors' kids musical? The answer is no, they're just around music a lot. And um, it's, mm. a, it's an opportunity to to be interested and to see. But again, being part of that, even though Monty didn't have anyone his own age, he would joined a dream team or a serving team that was fun. They had dinner. They included him, uh, talked about songs. And it really became his, his um, balance, I think, growing up in a church without many kids his own age. Um, I love that. Hey, and I, I know you've got stories like that too, where some kids haven't got people their own age, especially a developing church. Mm-hmm. But if they can serve and then lead, like you said, uh, they're going to feel really part of the team. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've had, our two kids that we started with were not my kids. They were Pastor David and Kat's kids. And uh, they've just grown up into just absolute champions. Just Amazing. both of them, just love so them. gifted yeah. and just yeah. love Jesus. It's very genuine, love the church. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool story. But they were the only ones for years. Yeah. It's so similar to your story. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 back to your other point, like even for me, my kids are not as old as uh, what you mentioned. Like my eldest is six. But every Saturday yeah. night before we go to bed, like before we put them to, to bed, we, we pray for, for church and like ask mm-hmm. God to bring new kids. Right. And they don't they don't really get it yet, but yeah. that's what we're trying to build is this this yeah. hey, this is your church and we're gonna see some new new families come, some new kids to yeah, be friends great. with and love it. Yeah, I think it's important. Mm. Can we talk about some of the values? Uh we've got the big three here at Lifehouse journaling, simple prayer, clean heart. Um mm. how do we how do we start kids in these kind of values any practical advice here and yeah you know yeah well journaling is just simply reading a scripture um from the bible could be a guided scripture like let's read this one uh or their own reading um and asking god to speak to them through that scripture we've got an app called well it's our church app and on there is the blue book with 100 studies and part of that is how to do this you get a scripture and you look at it and say lord what would you say to me from this scripture? And I think a lot of our kids started with the, there's one called 30 great scriptures, 30 great verses. Um, you know, so you, you know you're going to get these verses that are pretty, going to hit pretty hard, pretty, pretty well. Uh, the first one being Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and I hope and not for evil. I think number two is Matthew 7, where it says, you know, knock and the door will be opened. And so, these these high 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 um, impact scriptures, um, giving them to young people and say, what would you know? Is, is there a God? Yes. What would He say to you from this? Well, let's keep you know, blah blah. blah. Whatever they say is, and guiding them to understand that the Bible is alive, that God is a God is a God who has breathed into His Bible, and there's 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 amazing things there when you're sad or fearful or a new situation, and and then they read something and it's real. And it's just like five minutes. And I think that that value of journaling has helped a lot of our people grow 
and a lot of people stay in Christ. During COVID, we couldn't meet for two years. Can you believe that? And yet coming out of that, a lot of our young people had stronger faith than ever because they were reading the Bible and saying, God, speak to me and held their faith. So I think you, you can't be, it's almost like let, let's teach that early on, but with realistic expectations. Mm. Like they may not, they're probably not going to do it every day. But even if we do it on a Sunday, we get a scripture and we share and what's God saying? They may not understand at first, but often, you know, kids in, in um, higher elementary will obviously get it. And, um, and all of a sudden, God's word is real. God is real. Church is good. Um, it's not just fun now. It is actually they're receiving something. And I, I get asked this question quite a lot from people around the world, pastors, who say, how young do you teach journaling? And my answer is, well, it's age specific. Like it's got to be appropriate for that age and for what the parents feel is is realistic. So it's not legalistic. Hopefully it's never legalistic, but you know what I mean? It's not like you got to do this or that all the time. But I do think that when we enforce, reinforce that on a Sunday and then we say you could read a scripture on a on another day, another day, I think it can become a, an early habit. Um and I know that's also true with my son, Monty, when he was 15. Now, remember, he's a Christian kid. We came here when he was nine. He got baptized at about 12, uh, played in the band. And when he was 15, he, he actually got a scripture that he still quotes. It's from Jeremiah chapter 1, where the Lord says to Jeremiah, I created you in the, your mother's womb for, for your, you know, to be a prophet to the nations. Now, I don't know about the prophet bit, but Monty felt God speak to him. Monty, I've chosen you. For something big and and he remembers that moment and i just think that's the journaling power is when we read and it affects us and we remember um so i don't think we're ever too young to do that but it's got to be age specific relevant realistic does that make sense mm-hmm. well, and, wh- and i one... think the same with um oh go on yeah well i was just wondering practically with with some kids like uh there are there are Bibles that are kind of kid versions. You know, it's mm. kind of summaries of yeah. chapters. Could you journal from that? I don't, I don't think so, but it's obviously very valid to have Bible stories and with beautiful pictures. So it's got to be interesting. Mm. Um, so maybe, maybe you do both. Maybe you read the story of Jonah or something but um, and talk about it, how, how God is able to do anything, help you, let's pray for that. And then later, here's a Bible verse and put it up on the screen. <coughs> or, or or on the iPad or whatever, and say, "Here's a scripture. Um, isn't God good? Um, wow, what would He say to you and your friends?" And so, you, I think they're two different types of Bible reading. Um, okay, I think they're both valid, especially when you got littlies and they got to have pictures and stories and 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 they're good stories. And I, I just think it's all it's all part of it. But as they get older, they're not going to read those kids' stories anymore. So if we haven't mm-hmm. transitioned them to reading a Bible verse, they may not do that later on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just building in, again, age-specific uh, tools, right. age-specific expectations. And that's my world right now is like, you know, the picture Bibles and it, things like it. that with my little little yeah. kids. <laughs> Enjoy but it. I am. I'm, this is a genuine question. Jan and I have talked about my wife. Like when, when do we start actually getting the eldest who's six, 
to start looking at journaling. So I, I don't know if there's any magic number or you just say it's mm. different for each kid. It's different for each kid and some kids are much more readers than others and some are more mm-hmm. kinetic or active than others. No, it, it, it's different. There's no one size fits all. But I think at some time if we can sit down and read a scripture, especially if there's a time of change or someone's fearful or, you know, like I remember when mm. we were here in Ritchie, we went through, actually, um, we didn't have earthquakes um, and Ritchie all of a sudden woke up in the morning and said, there's going to be an earthquake. There's going to be an earthquake. And, and there wasn't. And he had this fear all of a sudden. And so we just prayed with him and, you know, the Lord is with you, Richie. And why don't we look at a scripture together? So it's not like a lot, but it was, it was mm. sensitive to his need. Same with Monty. One day, uh, pretty soon after we came to Japan, he was bullied. He was hit by a kid. Um, and and we you know get with him pray and then you know let's, let's read a scripture you know God will protect us and so they remember that because it's it's related to experience um, and joy as well it doesn't have to be sad things it could be you know mm. a birthday and God loves you and you're special so let's look at you know you know Ephesians one that God has created you for purpose or Ephesians two God created you and loves you and so it, it could be it doesn't have to be every week the moments. It's moments being able to bring in something and, and God is good. And in the hard times, it's hard, but God is good, like honesty. Um, kids know when you have a hard time. They shouldn't know all the reasons, but they should know that God is still good in the hard times. And we haven't mentioned this, Richard, but I think the, the, greatest, the greatest important thing for kids is to know that God is good. God is good. And and kids know that God is good when God is good in the church or with their parents or their brothers and sisters. And that doesn't mean that life is always the best. It could be a really hard time, but God is good. And so I think parents have to teach their kids it's we, we, it's a hard time, we're, we're struggling, but God is good. Let's pray. Uh, that That's huge. I, I think it's huge. And And of course, a lot of kids don't have Christian parents, so we have to help at kids church or church and um but i I do think it's a really important thing at at the time of the moments that we celebrate together and thank god or hard time we we share we're praying and god's going to be good and, and and the reality of that is very important now you said every kid is kind of different what what about baptism yeah well, it's going to be different times, isn't it? It's going to be um, very, very different. Um, you know, our kids are both, you know, our family, Christian family. Um, but Richie was actually interested to get baptized first, even though he was four years younger. Now, they both got baptized on the same night, which was one of the best nights ever. Um, but Monty wasn't that into it for years. But Richie was all of a sudden became very serious at about, I think he must have been about age uh, uh, eight, maybe. Um, and Monty would have been 12. And I think, now they're going to correct me maybe, but um, right. they're four years different. But the younger one all of a sudden became very serious and we thought, well, maybe he's too young, but he kept talking about it and, and he read about it and said, I, I want to be baptized. And we talked to the kids' church leaders and they said, yeah, he's quite he's quite serious. And so we taught him and 
led up to it. And then Monty said, well, what about me? And we said, well, you've never asked. And we've asked you. And he said, no. And he said, I want to be baptized too. I'm ready. So that was age eight and age 12, two, two kids in the same family. There's no mm. right time and you can't force it. And I think that when people force it, those kids grow up later and then maybe doubt whether that was a mm. um, their yeah. own their own decision. So there's nothing wrong. I mean, I don't, nothing wrong with baptizing a small child. That's not the point. But the, the, the child themselves will probably later on say, I want to have my own experience from my own decision. Mm. And to, what was that experience like for them and for you baptizing them? Obviously, that was awesome. But anything specific from that? That was beautiful. It was just great. I always loved it. And um, yeah, they've grown into such wonderful young men. They've followed through their faith. Um, you know, the, you have some hard times in teenage years, but they got through that. And mm-hmm. um, by the grace of God, and and I know other families have done really good things, and their kids have gone wayward. And so we don't think we're better, but we do. We are very thankful, and uh, maybe we learned we learned a few things that we could pass on as well. How about as the, as your kids uh, kind of transition through different seasons of life and primary school and high school and uh, you know university and all of that? Like, how any tips for for those transitional moments? You know, when a, when a child is is maybe too old for kids' church and he's going into mm. the youth group or mm. something like that. I, I think once again, um, give them serving opportunities is what we're discovering. Um, because we have a lot of kids in elementary and, and then not that many in junior high. Mm-hmm. And um, our junior high kids, we're saying to them, which area of serving would you like to be involved in? And um, that's been a really good question. Um, and and, and uh, they're often they're together in that or a group of them, um, whether it's a sound or lighting or whatever, like you said, and um, or music or whatever, kids' church. Um, or it could be re- quite random in their passion. I think that's one. And also helping them to lead the kids' church uh, on a mm. rostered basis, maybe once a month or twice a month, that you're going to help us reach the, teach the littlies because you've come through that system. Opportunities, seeing where they thrive, seeing where they don't thrive, um, opportunities for friendships, hangouts, um, that, that those changeover points going through together, like youth camps, making sure that um, certain age groups can, can get to youth camp together, have an experience together, or on a Sunday, like a, a worship time, ask the kids to come in specially um, down the front or, or on the side, or be part of it. Be part, like, like don't think they're little and, and they won't want to be part of it. Don't force them, but give them opportunities to, to join, to join in. Come and join mm. us. Come be part of that. No, I don't want it. That's okay. And then next week, come and join us. Okay. So kids change and um, giving opportunity. Okay, cool. Opportunity. So sounds a lot like developing leaders, like no matter what age they Amazing. are. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And some kids just don't want to and that's fine. Um, they're just going to bring their lunch and they're going to sit there and eat it and play a mm. game or especially with this generation, they're going to be on their phone or their iPad or whatever. Um, and, and actually church will help them socialize a lot more if we can help them a little bit towards, why don't you guys do this together? Or that's a different issue, but social media is an issue. We need to help, um, Mm. kids socialize 
and church really is a great place for that. Yeah. Do you have any advice on like, like wanting to help your kids participate uh, but not wanting to force them into something like uh, if, you know, you might have a child who just wants to sit in the corner kind of thing and, you know, not get involved with the kids' church or like how, obviously we're, we're going to try to inspire that, that child to do so, but at, at what point do you think a parent or kids' leaders or what kind of culture should we have around that? Do you get my question? Yeah, I do. I, I, I wouldn't leave it too late if possible. Um, bringing in that volunteer culture early, um, you know, could you help me do this when they're, you know, younger and do that and just to, like, I, th- I think we have to have to create that volunteer spirit early if we can. Now, some kids are just not going to be into it and there's no, there's no penalty, but I think making something exciting, uh, we're going to go to church today and, and we're going to put out the chairs and you're going to help me and we're going to have some fun and we're going to sing a song. I don't know. just, now, some parents aren't like that either, but just make it fun or, or, or um, you know, points-based. Some, some parents got points, gold stars. I don't know what, but just like, this is mm-hmm. going to be great. This is going to be good. Creating expectation, excitement, or even rewards. You know, people, kids have done well. Um, again, not candy as my kids <laughs> talked about. <laughs> Their teeth started to fall out because so many people gave them candy. But when they were little, when they were very little, um, mm-hmm. But I think rewards, um, after this, we're all going to go out and get some chicken and we're going to do this, but let's all do that first. I don't know, just creating um, fun habits uh, for for the kids, I think it's really important. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Just yeah, got to cre- create a culture of fun and joy in whatever you do. Well, I asked that because recently I came up with a situation where, where my, my four boys kind of influence each other and if one is kind of sitting down being a grump during praise and worship, like they'll all kind of want to do it. And so recently in the morning before church, they're like asking for orange juice. And we say that, you know, if they if they join in with the praise and worship, we'll give them orange juice after church. And, right. you know, it Reward. helped. I don't yep. know. I don't know if that's like bad or. Well, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. But you, you'll make that decision. They're little. They're very little. I know so, that. Yeah. 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 I think it's fine. Yeah, if you if you do this, you get that. It's it's rewards, and mm-hmm. I think, I mean, many of the parables of Jesus are about rewards. If you do this, you get that, and um, it is part of life. Mm-hmm. As, as long as it's not a silly reward or a punishment. If, like, I'm sure right. if they didn't, you'd still give them orange juice, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just trying to draw them into something more fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I'm excited to build a church like this. Great. Yeah. It is fun. I love it. Love kids, love babies. And uh, yeah, I love all parts of church life. It's really, it's it's what, what, you know, our our enjoyment, Mm. isn't it, as pastors? Yeah. And I think as well, also, what I've found in in our church here in Hong Kong, that even even people in their 20s who are single, uh, like they don't have their own kids, they're still a, a while away from from that stage. They see the families, and it's it's they see their future. Yeah, and I think it's inspiring to to their generation as well. Mm. So I, I just know. think everyone wins. You bet. Come on, let's have a great church for the next generation. It'll be fun. It'll be amazing, and lots of people will be blessed. 
Sounds great. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Pastor Rod, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.